Dave. All right. Hey, is this Chuck? This is Chuck, and I got Leighton on the line too. All right. So how long is, how long are we going to be on for? You got an hour. Um, I can do an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I can do an hour. I'm sitting at work. Uh, I got uh, I'm I'm all alone here at headquarters, and I can. Oh do an come hour. on now! You're you're the typical American. We're all looking for something to do other than the work we were hired to do. Well, this is true. If you got a Actually, bag, of- that's not that's not true for me, man. I'm living the dream. <laughs> I'm living the dream. So it, it, I, I actually have more free time now because after my work, I don't have to do my volunteerism anymore. Because it's your that is your work. That is my work. Now, so, I guess we I'm, should just we can just roll right into it, right, Leighton? Do you want to do a, a introduction? Well, I think we ought to just uh, write on an introduction in the later. Uh, let's let's continue with the dialogue. <laughs> so, All right, so well, I've been so we're recording now. We're we're yeah recording now. Okay, yeah. so uh, I was a, a, a volunteer for fifteen years, and I would do my respective jobs. Um, I was a professional inventor at Bell Labs for eight and a half years. I was a marketing director at Natural Microsystems for a couple of years. Um, then I bounced around a little bit, but all the time I was an activist. And I would come home and I would be an activist. And when somebody would say, what are you? I wouldn't really say I was a professional inventor. I would say I was an activist who was doing professional inventing right now or real estate or business brokerage right now. And um, now, uh, except in this most recent past couple of months, uh, I'm finding myself uh, with free time with my family <laughs> because after I'm done doing all the things that I need to do for the day uh, I'm I'm done doing all the things I need to do for the day so you don't invent on the side now I do not I do not uh, you, you really can't invent on the side um, in order to do that you have to be really bleeding edge uh, I was a I was at Bell Labs for uh, over eight years I've got 74 patents are you there yeah what kind yes, of yes yes Inventions. What, what's your favorite invention? Your most prized invention? My f- most prized invention was well, back in the day, back in my day, uh, there were uh, cell phones that were uh, in briefcases, and they cost ten thousand dollars, and nobody had one. Um, but people still needed to be mobile, and uh, people uh, had these little things called pagers. I don't know if you all remember that, but there was a time when people had pagers instead of cell phones. I had one. And um, what I did is I designed a system whereby you would um, give out a person, give out your number, give somebody give somebody your number and a password, just like just a PIN number, and they would call you and they would be put on hold and they would enter a PIN, and then you would be paged with the name of the person associated with the PIN in real time. And then you would go up to any phone in the country and dial an 800 number and meet the call in the middle. So you could answer a phone call at a payphone. You could answer a phone call on an airplane. You could answer a phone call at your mother's house with no programming. Um, back in the day, this was the most awesomest thing that ever awesomed uh, because uh, <laughs> we had you, you could be reached. You could be reached anywhere. And then... Um, it was going great, and it was going. And we had a uh, a trial going, and then AT and T bought McCall Cellular and said we will not compete with ourselves and shut us down. And that was it. That was it. 
That was a well, you know, good I idea. exactly going around touting that is such a good thing. Sometimes uh, having it where people can't get a hold of you is very nice. Um, you know what? I've heard that said to me, but I really like being reached. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I, and back then, I really liked being reached, and uh, it, it was it was a it was good. I, I had a lot of patents off a whole bunch of different. Uh, Did your mother call you a social butterfly growing up? <laughs> She called me a bunch of things, but Social Butterfly wasn't one of them. <laughs> let's let's go into your background a little bit. Were you raised atheist, or did you come to that on your own? I came to it on my own. I was raised in a Jewish household by a Jewish mother, uh, and I did the whole uh, Hebrew school thing, bar mitzvah thing. And uh, But when I was six years old, uh, I had the realization that God and Santa Claus and the Tooth Fairy and the Easter Bunny were all the same thing, and they were all myths. And I've been an atheist since then. You came to that and at so, six? Six, six years, years old. That's I remember impressive. it very clearly. I, I remember the moment very clearly. Nothing happened. There was no incident. Uh, I was just in the backseat of my mother's car, um, and I realized it right then and there. And, you know, my mother didn't care. My mother thought it was a phase uh, for the next couple of decades. And, uh, <laughs> and I went uh, through Hebrew school and I was bar mitzvahed as an atheist and I was confirmed as an atheist. And uh, I'll tell you something, it, it, it was a very um, impactful thing for me to be bar mitzvahed because I stood up in front of all of my friends and all my family wearing a talus, wearing a yarmulke, holding a Torah, and praying and lying, lying to everybody. I, Let us declare the greatness of our God and render honor unto Torah, which God gave through Moses as the heritage of the congregation. I got the whole thing memorized, and I lied. I lied to everybody. And I did it because my mother was making me. Now, of course, <laughs> that's what that's what mothers do. I mean, right. when, when, don't when about ninety percent of us who get dragged into church by the ear do what our mothers tell us to do. Of course, of course, and I, I can't blame my mother because she's doing what she was brainwashed by the uh, by the church, which was by the synagogue, to do what she thought was the best thing for her child, which was to brainwash me. That's right. Uh, Besides, unfortunately, it didn't take. The Jews are crafty people. They're crafty folk. They they. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Not all that crafty. <laughs> well, I don't know. From what I hear, you all have taken over the world. So uh... You know, I, I hear that, too. You know, it, it's amazing how much the Jews have taken over. And, like, I don't, like, get any sort of residual checks. I mean, as of right now, the Jews have taken over American atheists, if you have some people. But, um, <laughs> you, you know, actually, that's... That's not it at all. You know, that's a good point. <laughs> the Jews ought to get residual checks from both uh, Christianity and Islam, since they swiped your main scriptures as their basis. You know, we should get royalties. You should uh, get royalties. It's, it's kind of like the Alaskan they pipeline. They should get royalties. What? I said it's like the Alaskan pipeline. You guys ought to get paid for the oil being pumped through. <laughs> you know, that's a good point. Uh, but the problem is that most Jews are atheists, or at least most of the Jews that I've met are atheists. <laughs> I've even met some Orthodox Jews that are atheists. Whoa, that's and, interesting. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, that doesn't mean you can't make a penny. How does that work? <laughs> this is true. This is true. Uh, well, if you look at the, the Orthodox community, the Orthodox community is actually quite crafty because <laughs> they, they only educate their kids 
in what they need to get by within the Orthodox community. So if you've ever uh, talked to, if, if you ever um, m- meet a Hasid, uh, he'll be very knowledgeable in his family business, and he'll be very knowledgeable in the Talmud and the Torah. But if you ask him to write a paragraph, you're going to find out that he speaks Hebrew a hell of a lot better. He writes Hebrew a hell of a lot better than he writes English. Um, I have seen some... I mean, I'm speaking in generalities here. I went to Brandeis, where a lot of uh, Orthodox Jews went, and Brandeis was a good university, and a lot of these these people got good educations. But if you look at the the very Orthodox, um, the Hasids uh, in New York, um, they go to Hebrew University, uh, they go to yeshivas, and they learn Hebrew, and uh, they are not equipped to leave the cult. They, they can't. They don't have the skills necessary to leave the cult. Uh, so if they were to leave, if they were to say, hey, this is crap, I'm leaving, not only would they leave their friends and the family, but they'd leave their profession, too. And they would go out into the world completely naked with no skills, no usable skills. And this is a scary thing. And uh, I feel very, very sorry for them uh, because there's, 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 a section, there, there's a section of the Orthodox Jewish community that is trapped. And right, that's totally a good way secular. to keep them inside that religion. Well, you can't uh, let them escape. You teach and them not, a whole not bunch only, of... Not only can they not, they not escape, but they are pressured to breed and to brainwash their kids. So it's a cycle. So, yes. So, it, it, so you've got atheists in the Orthodox community that are stuck there and are stuck breeding and are stuck telling their kids that it's real because they can't get kicked out of their community because they have nowhere to go, quite literally, and no means to support them if they do. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. That's worse than the Seventh-day Adventists. It, it is. It, it is. Uh, at least the Seventh-day Adventists get the, some education. They don't get a good grasp of critical thinking. But uh, I, I've had very surprising experiences dealing with Hasids, dealing with ultra-Orthodox Jews, who cannot write, or and, and uh, when I say cannot write, I should say cannot write well enough to be functional as a business person in America. They can wow. write their names and stuff like that, but they wouldn't know punctuation if it bit them on the butt. Wow! So functionally, yeah. they're they're illiterate, essentially. Functionally, yes. Even though they're educated, even though they're smart. Wow! They yeah, know that's a hell astonishing of a lot about the Torah and the Talmud. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it is astonishing, and uh, it's all about it, your it priorities. Right here. Yeah, it, it, it's uh, it's all right here in in Brooklyn and in New York, and, and it is about priorities. But unfortunately, they make it so that it's their priorities and not the person's priorities. It's the cult's priorities. Right, so, so it's they a very can scary place. Read and write Hebrew, you know, to beat the band. But uh, when it comes to surviving in an English culture, that's uh, way down on the list. That's way down on the list. It's not important. Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting. So ever since uh, six, when and you told your mom essentially at the same age, right? And she just oh, thought I, it was I a asked phase. her. <laughs> I, I asked her so many questions, and I asked the, the the Hebrew school so many questions, and you know all the questions that we've all asked, and we've all got the same lame answers. You just have to have faith. God is bad yeah. things happen to good people because God works in mysterious ways, and all that crap, and. Um, it got to the point where I was, you know, going in. My, my mother would drop me off at Hebrew school, 
this is true. I would she would drop me off at Hebrew school. I would literally go in the front door, wait until my mother left, go out the back door, and go see my friends. And then sounds exactly the like what I did in uh, Mutual and Boy Scouts. <laughs> really? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's uh, that's uh, the, that was my Hebrew education, and I I went after I was bar mitzvah. I was confirmed. That was even more of a joke because I went away to boarding high school. So when all of my friends, all of my co-victims, I should say, were going into that follow-up post-bar mitzvah education, um, I was not. I was not doing any of that because I was away at school, living at school. And in order to compensate for two years of twice-a-week missing classes, I had to do a project in order to get confirmed. Now, remember, I was an atheist, so I put eh, an hour into this project, okay? <laughs> I, I, um, I drew a picture. I took a piece of white paper, and I drew a picture of a hand holding a globe. You're burning okay? in hell. I have, I have absolutely, and I, I, you know, to thine, own, to thine own self be true, I have no artistic talent. None. <laughs> I have none. No artistic talent. So... I spent an hour on this. This is something that uh, a, a talented, uh, a reasonably talented artistic person could have drawn in 20 minutes, maybe 10 minutes. I drew this one picture, and I sent it in. And that was my project. And they, I passed. They accepted it, huh? They accepted, they accepted that. It because it wasn't about the knowledge. And this is something that I realized. It wasn't about the knowledge. It wasn't about Judaism. It was about money that my mother was paying to the uh, temple to, con to get me confirmed. That's gotcha. all it was. So at that point, did you start squiggling out things like just rampant art that nobody could even identify just to <laughs> mess around with them and see if they could tell the difference? <laughs> no, no, no. This was a one-time deal. This, this <laughs> one piece of paper, this project. So this that one project put you over. For two years of twice-a-week classes. That's what it compensated for. <laughs> Wow, they that's don't care. So long as they get the money for the that's twice a week classes. That's all they cared about. It was about the money, <laughs> and uh, you know, it, it was it was like I said, it, the 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 confirmation. Which I, I went through the whole confirmation. I went through the ceremony. I went up there with all the people, all the kids who had gone through the two years of classes. I haven't seen them since I was thirteen, and that and so I I was an atheist as a bar mitzvah. I was an atheist as a confer, as a uh, confirmatory. And um, it has then what happened was uh, I went to Brandeis, which is a school, a uh, university up near Boston. And Brandeis has a lot of Jews, okay? And I went to the school for the very, very logical reason that it was the best school that accepted me. It just happened to be very <laughs> Jewy, okay? Now, I didn't care about the Jewiness. I didn't care about any of that. I cared because it was the best school that accepted me. Is so this the there. training center where the future Jews or the r rulers of the world kind of congregate? Lot of, a lot of the Jewish rulers of the world go to Brandeis, yes. And do they walk <laughs> around calling each other Jewy? <laughs> <laughs> they call each other... <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, they so Jewy is just name. easier when you have a sore throat. <laughs> it is. <laughs> and uh, what happened was, uh, my second day there... I happened to meet and fall quite well for a conservative girl. 
Now, do you know the difference between a conservative Jew and an Orthodox Jew? I will tell you. When you're an atheist, when you're when you're an atheist in college, there is only one difference between a conservative Jew and an Orthodox Jew because they both eat kosher food, they both keep the Sabbath, they both won't do any of that traveling, they both, you know, all that carrying on the Sabbath and all that stuff, it's all the same. There's one difference between a conservative Jew and an Orthodox Jew. A conservative Jew will have sex with you. An Orthodox right. Jew will not. That's it. Okay? When you're an atheist in college, that's what you're thinking. So <laughs> I started dating this nice conservative Jew and hanging out with her. And we had a very nice, uh, fulfilling relationship. And I would eat with her. I would sit with her and eat with her every meal. And, of course, if you're a conservative Jew, you have to eat kosher food. So there's a kosher kitchen. And all of the food has to be separate, all the utensils have to be separate, everything is color-coded, so you can't mix and match. Now, you can sit together, but you can't mix each other's food or use each other's silverware or anything like that. <laughs> so I would go to the non-kosher kitchen, and I would get my non-kosher food on my brown tray, and I would walk across the cafeteria to the kosher side, and I would sit <laughs> with my girlfriend and all of her Jew friends. And they would have their green trays or their red trays, and I would have my brown tray. So you could see from across the cafeteria the one atheist sitting with all the Jews. Right. You're labeled as kind of a heretic with your oh, trade yeah. color. Oh, yeah. And these Jews are not Jews. They're not, they're not the easy Jews. They're, like you said, these are some of the Jews that, you know, they're, they're rabbinic students. Okay. Yep. These, are, these are heavy hitters, heavy hitter Jews. Well, how many uh, brown trays Jews. were they? Were there like one out of a hundred brown trays you saw out there people eating? Oh, well, you have to imagine a, a big room with all the brown trays on one side and all the red trays on the other one. One red tray with the brown, with the, with one brown tray with all the red trays. This Should I imagine college. scathing glances back and forth? Debates ensued like crazy. On a regular basis, the debates ensued, and that's where it all started. That's where I realized that not only was religion a crock, but that I was darn good at making my points that religion is a crock, and that these people would come to me who had been learned in the Torah, uh, learned in the Talmud, and all studied and with the payas and with the yarmulkes, and they would debate me, and they would lose. And what happened was there was this one Orthodox girl, and when I and she was a um, a Balt Shuva, she was a born again Orthodox Jew. And she was considered to be a liberal Orthodox Jew because she showed her elbows. <laughs> okay, so that 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 that's tramp the, did that's did she level. get her elbows on a calendar in the boys' dormitory? <laughs> and, and and the and and what happened was because she was an Orthodox Jew and not a conservative Jew, you know, we just argued and we became friends after a while. Uh, we became good friends and. Two years after I graduated college, I got a call from her saying that she wanted to try out being non-religious, and she <laughs> didn't have any non-religious friends, and so she wanted to come down and spend the weekend with me and be non-religious for the weekend. And six months later, we were engaged, that and we've been married for 20 years. That is the odd request. Sorry for saying so, but that is an odd request. I'd like it, to try it out. It's an odd request, <laughs> and, uh, and now we've been married for 20 years. Wow, congratulations. So you de you deconverted an Orthodox I did not. Jew. I did not deconvert. Um, <laughs> I will not deconvert. I, I do. In fact, she's still a theist. We have a mixed marriage. Uh, she's a Reformed Jew now. 
Wow. But uh, she has asked me specifically, point blank, to deconvert her. And I told her, <laughs> no, I will not do it. Uh, because I want her, wherever she's going to go, she's going to get there on her own. And I would much rather have a mixed marriage than have a marriage that is... And then, then try and change her mind. I, I don't want to change her mind. I want her mind to go where her mind goes. Well, relationships so, are supposed to be on equal footing anyway. You don't want her being subservient in any way, uh, whether it's you leading her or anything else like that. Nothing except, like that. I don't want except, anything like that. I, I want. I, I never want her to say, well, you made me or you convinced me or you... you. No, no, no. I didn't do anything. Whatever does she, she does... Does she still make does. sandwiches for you? She does. Yeah, she'll make sandwiches for me. She likes. All right, you've got her trained well. What, there we go. What yeah. about kids? <laughs> uh, we have one daughter um, who looks exactly like my wife, and when she opens her mouth, it's Daddy who comes out. And tell me if this sounds familiar. She's been an avowed atheist since she was six years old, and not because I told her to. Um, I do not want her to be a dogmatic atheist. I do not want her to. Um, just do what I say. I have given her a Bible and told her to read it. Uh, she, being a teenager now, says no, because Daddy asked her to. So she said no, and uh, she's as secular as I was at her age. Now, will that change over time? I'm sure she'll go through phases, but uh, my kid's an atheist kid, and, and we go to Camp Quest together. Uh, she's a camper. I'm a counselor. I've been a counselor at Camp Quest now for six years. And uh, I think she, she's, she's she's a wonderful girl, and she's daddy's girl when she opens her mouth. She looks like mom, but when she opens her mouth, she's she's good. Did your wife drag her off to church? Her my my mother my mother my wife dragged her to. <laughs> Certainly hope you didn't marry your mother. That would be no a little... no 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 no. That's nothing a Freudian like that. slip. My, that was a, that was a Freudian slip. Um, <laughs> we need to my, see uh... pictures verifying who your wife is. <laughs> My uh, my wife uh, goes to Orthodox services, but only when a Jew would go, uh, a Reformed Jew would go. So she will go to the services um, where they only speak Hebrew, because remember, she's formally born again, so she knows it all. She can speak Hebrew as fast as we can speak English. Uh, and she'll go to the Orthodox services, and she'll bring my daughter when my daughter wants to go, my daughter used to like to go because there were other kids there that she could play with, but now those other kids are old enough to go to services, and now she really is all that interested in going. Uh, what we did do, uh, which was kind of interesting, and uh, it, it was a good compromise, is we did something called uh, the... We, we, we went to something called the Workman's Circle. And the Workman's Circle is a branch of Judaism that is completely secular. Our ancestors believed in a God that did this, and our ancestors believed in a God that did that. And there happens to be a workman's circle Sunday school that meets right near our house. So my daughter went to that Sunday school for four years, and she got exposed to Jewish food and Jewish dance and Jewish culture and awareness of what the Jewish God supposedly did, but it was taught from an atheistic perspective. And when she was done with it, she said, you know what, I'm done with it. And that was the end of it. So she, so she got, she got that 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 satisfied my wife because now my daughter considers herself to be Jewish in the secular sense, and so my wife is satisfied from a tribal perspective, and I'm satisfied <laughs> from a theological perspective. 
Hmm. Well, there you go. Um, I think that's becoming more common, don't you think, that um, a lot more Jews are becoming culturally Jewish, but they're secular or atheist? I, I believe that's correct. Um, in fact, I've heard... I, I believe that the the number of Jews that are, are secular is is very large. I believe it's very large. Uh, I, I believe that there are lots of Jewish atheists out there. and um, It's interesting that, see... The, the Jews originally uh, in Christianity, Christianity was never very popular amongst the Jews, and and now the Jews are seeing their own scriptures as uh, how ridiculous they really are, yeah. really before anyone else, right? The Christians can't see it, the Jews see how ridiculous these things are, and um, they told the Christians immediately, "You guys are interpreting these things wrong." That's right. <laughs> all these messianic right. prophecies don't say Messiah in it at all. It's not. It's just a suffering righteous servant, or blah blah blah. Um, so I think that's an interesting trend, and hopefully uh, the general culture is headed in that direction as well. Jews seem to be on to something uh, as far as this religious stuff is concerned. They're ahead of the curve. I, 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 think, I, I think they are ahead of the curve. I, I think um, you should not uh, underestimate the Christians. I think the Christians are beginning to see it too. Um, I think what we're looking at here, uh, as, as we look at America from a big picture, I am much more optimistic than some of my compatriots, I see a vast growth in secularism in this country. Uh, I believe that in the next two decades, we're going to see some substantial improvements, substantial hmm. gains. I believe that um, the the movement is primed. I, I mean, like I said, I've been in this movement for 15 years, and I'm still a kid uh, compared to some of the people on the board of American Atheists. The change over the past 15 years is monumental. I'll give you an example. First thing I did, one of the first things I did when I became State Director of American Atheists back in 1997 was arrange for a congressman to come to an atheist event. A seated congressman came to an atheist event, first time that anybody really knew of. I got 23 people to come to that event to see a congressman out of the whole state of New Jersey. Wow. <laughs> yes. Now... We can get 50 people at a brunch at a humanist group with no speakers. No problem. All over the country. We had uh, a regional atheist meet down in Alabama, Huntsville, Alabama, a month ago. We sold out at 150, expanded to 200, sold out at 200 in Huntsville, Alabama, standing room only. We're having a convention uh, in Des Moines, Iowa at the end of April this year, uh, April 21st to 24th. We've got 350 people already signed up for the convention, and that's as many people as we had in Newark last year. We're going to have, we're going to have, it's probably going to be the largest American atheist convention in our history because we're going to have a, a, a fantastic convention. Uh, Christopher Hitchens is coming, P.C. Myers, Matt Dillahunty, Greta Christina, all these wonderful people. Jeff Charlotte is coming. We're going to have, um, Paul Provenza is coming to, to, to do some comedy. Um, it's going to be fantastic, but more importantly, it's going to be large. It's going it to be sounds, large in Des Moines. Sounds like the only people you're missing are the hosts of Irreligiosity. Well, um, before, you, before you get into that, Charlie, our fans are actually going <laughs> to laugh 
because here's going to be the stupidest question you'll probably ever hear. Okay. Uh, what do you guys do? Do you guys just bounce around and do conventions? I don't understand. What, what is the Atheists American or American Atheists or whatever group you do? What What is it? Okay. American Atheists is America's oldest nonprofit organization for non-religious people. We're a civil rights organization. We strive to make sure that atheists are seen as equals in the law and in the hearts and minds of America's citizenry. We fight lawsuits, we have uh, uh, rallies, we protest unfairness, and we uh, make sure that our voice is heard, the atheist voice is heard all over the country. Um, we've been doing this since 1963. We were started by Madeline Murray O'Hare, who originally took uh, forced prayer readings out of the public schools. So we're born of lawsuits. We're born of um, making sure that the laws aren't broken. We're staunch supporters of the absolute separation of church and state. Um, so it's, it's a civil rights organization. It's a legal organization. Uh, it is an, a political awareness organization, and it's a social awareness organization. So what so you're what saying is you guys are the belligerent atheists that are oppressing Christianity in this country. Oh, and we're having fun doing it. <laughs> I wholly support you guys now that I know what you do. <laughs> I mean, uh, we're, we're having seen... fun doing it, yes. Uh, we're, we're the belligerent atheists who actually have the, the, the gumption to say what we mean and say what we think and not worry if it offends people. Religion Why haven't you been on our show earlier? I like you. Well, he's a he's an uppity atheist. We don't like uppity atheists on this show. We, we are, are more we are about the respect. uppity atheists. We, we are. We, you're more about respect. We're more about respect on this show. We're we're yes. we're, we're not about respect. We're we're not about respecting religion at American atheists. Um, okay. We're we're not about that. We're we're about making sure that people understand that religion does not inherently deserve respect. Uh, religion is a ridiculous notion. Uh, it is worthy of ridicule. Ridiculous in a literal sense. It is worthy of ridicule. And um, we make sure that uh, we tell the truth. We equate religion with mythology all the time. We equate, we're the ones who say God is an invisible magic man in the sky because God is an invisible magic man in the sky. And if somebody gets pissed off because we say God is an invisible magic man in the sky, this is their problem, not ours. Well, wait, wait, do really you guys is. get hate mail? Oh, yeah. Oh, Why is it we can't too. get people to send us hate mail? We're as belligerent as you guys. <laughs> because We're not you as don't visible. put up great big billboards that say yeah. God is a myth or, uh, or religion is a scam. You now, could put you up put some... like our website on the bottom of the, one of those billboards? <laughs> we yeah. will gladly uh, take the brunt of that. <laughs> you know what? It, it it is so um satisfying to put up these billboards and to go on television and you know what? I, I don't mind the hate mail. I really don't. I don't mind the hate mail, I don't mind the warnings because it reminds me of what I do and why I do it. Um yeah, when we put up the billboards, uh we get hate and we go on and I go on television and they hate on me on television. And you know what? That's fine. That just reminds me of why I'm doing this, and it also reminds me that we're winning, because every you know, the the old saying is first they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they yell at you, and then you win. And we you, are being yelled at right now. You do you ever um, take a favorite hate mail letter and like hang it on the fridge next to your daughter's <laughs> paintings? No, I don't do that actually. Uh, but uh, I, I actually don't have favorite hate mail, but some of it is pretty funny. 
I mean, <laughs> you'd be surprised at how much effort somebody will put into a letter, and you realize that if they had just put that much effort into learning about their own religion, they would know how much, how wrong their letter is to you, you know, and how, how right. factually incorrect it is. Yeah, the viewpoint. But they're all certain they're right. You know, of it's course funny. they're all certain they're right. It's funny they're because panicked. I I see you on Bill O'Reilly or Fox News, you know, where they've lined up three idiot Christians to debate against you, and yeah. uh, time and time again you hammer these guys, and they look stunned like they've never heard this stuff before, right? It's been mm-hmm. around for decades, and the you know go to the internet, Google uh, atheism, and these guys think they they try to stump you with this question like there's no answer to that, you come right back at them, uh, and they're what? stunned. What Tie goes in, tie goes out. You can't compete that. You can't go against tie goes in, tie goes out. The the look of disbelief on your face when he said that was priceless. Well, I'll tell you you a bit of background on the face because I do get asked about it a lot. The the face that I made has has become its own thing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Are you now seeing that face up on billboards? Is this what you're telling us? I'm not seeing seeing it on billboards, but I will tell you that if you go on uh, Reddit, um, they have made that face into many, many different things. Um, uh, that face has been made into a woman. That face has been made into a, a, a fractal uh, with faces coming out of the face. Um, that got uh, the I got to see this face. What am I searching for? <laughs> uh, uh, it is, it, it's, it's an amazing thing, and I'll, and I'll tell you why I made the face. Uh, and this is the key. Um, I, bef- I, this, I've been on O'Reilly twice now. The first time was many years ago, um, and they sat me down, and we did the segment, and they stood me up, and I left. And I didn't really get to talk to O'Reilly at all. Um, this time, I did. This time, they sat me down next to him, and we had a couple of minutes to talk. And let me tell you something about Bill O'Reilly. He's intelligent. He's knowledgeable. He's articulate. He's educated. He's educated. He knew about Madeleine Murray O'Hare. He knew about um, Ellen Johnson, our former president. He knew about me. He knew about some of the issues. He knew about the other organizations. And then the camera starts rolling, and the, the, the punches start flying. You know, we start going back and forth and having a little fun. And then he comes out with, tide goes in, tide goes out. Now, what I realized at that moment, and if you look at the... Um, video, you can see it. What I realized at that moment is that I was talking to a fictional person. I was talking to a person who was playing a part. I was not talking to somebody against whom it is possible to win, because he doesn't exist. (laughs) I was talking to a person who was trying to derail me and trying to fluster me and not interested in the truth at all. So that's, you know, uh, so this, this whole uh, this, this whole big picture hit me in one big hit, which is why, if you look at it, you can see me. You can see that face, that that face of absolute bewilderment. Why is this intelligent man giving me tide goes in, tide goes out? <laughs> oh, this is why I'm not talking to an intelligent man. I'm talking to a fictional character. Oh, he's trying to derail me. I'm got. I've got. You know, when you go up against Bill O'Reilly who, by the way, is a master at what he does. 
When you go up against Bill O'Reilly, you don't have equal time. You've got seconds to get your point out. And I'm not going to spend my seconds, of course, talking about lunar gravity. Right. So uh, that's why I did not answer the question. That's why the correct answer to tide goes in, tide goes out was we have a you're... convention coming up in Huntsville, and <laughs> this is the website. <laughs> Your answer was that, you know, uh, what if it was Thor, you know? How right, we... right. I, I, it was, he was giving me the argument of ignorance, and I was trying to bring back the argument of ignorance. <laughs> So th this this face of yours, um, do you ever stand at conventions, let people put their arm around you, make the face, and then let them take pictures of? I you do. should sell that. You should sell. You should do. sell that. That would be five dollars a shot. I, I, I have. Uh, uh, you should have heard when I when I spoke at Huntsville. The biggest laugh that I got was when I did the face, and you could tell the people were waiting for me to make the face. You could tell that they were watching me. He's going to make the face. He's gonna, I just looked up the face. face. It's a pretty good face. I just looked it up on the so. It's amazing. It's a pretty it, good face. It is amazing. So. You can't, I mean, it's tough to fake that. I mean, you're, you're talking to the guy, just and he's just comes up with this stuff. in that look. Yeah, it, it is. It, it, it's something that you have to channel. It's one of those faces that you yeah. actually have to. You have to. You have to act. You have right. to method act and bring out the face again. I can do it, but it takes effort. So you, you have with to one Bill O'Reilly, one interview with Bill O'Reilly, you're responsible for two internet memes: the "Can't Explain That" and the uh, "Bewildered, uh, Astonished Face." That's yep. impressive. Yeah, and and the great thing is that the memes are are, are success, successful. They're 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 living. If you go onto Reddit, they're still using my face. They're still having fun <laughs> with it. Um, and I, I love that because this is the kind of thing that you know that American atheist needs. It raises awareness, but it also raises awareness not only of the organization but of the movement. Um, the big problem, in fact, possibly one of the largest problems in this country really is the fact that only 1% of America's atheists are affiliated with atheism in any way. Uh, you've got 40 to 50 million people who call themselves something that I would define as atheists. Okay, They call themselves atheists or agnostics or secular humanists or whatever, and I call those atheists because they are, whether they use the word or not. We have 40 to 50 million people, and 40 to 50,000 of them are involved in the American Atheists or the Secular Coalition for America or the AHA or the CSH or FFRF, uh, most of them are completely unaffiliated. And that's, that is the problem, one of the problems in this country. If we could get 10%, 5% of the atheists in this country to do what most religious people do, there would be no problem with separation of church and state. There would be no problem with gay marriage. There would be no problem with stem cell research. There would be no problem with teaching uh, science in the classroom. There would be no problem if the atheists would get organized. And the biggest victory that the religions have had is to convince atheists that organization is akin to religion. Oh, don't join them. I don't want to join American atheists. That's just like joining a church. Well, no, duh. It's like joining an organization. <laughs> And if we're the only ones that aren't organizing, then only the religious people will be organized, and we lose. I mean, By this default. is not brain surgery. Right. We're, um, 
Well, have, these uh, are the same types of people who will sit back and bitch and moan about what they see going on around them, but not do anything about it. So y- you can't exactly expect that much. Well, I've got you two know what, friends. and from from atheists, I do. From atheists, I do. For crying out loud, yearly fees for American atheists is twenty dollars. Yearly membership is twenty dollars. We're not asking for a percentage, we're not asking for a tithe, and we're certainly not asking for obedience, we're certainly not asking for morality, we're not doing anything like religion except doing the one thing that religion does best, which is organize. That's all we're that's doing. That's like three or four Big Macs, though. That, that's, that's a considerable amount of money. <laughs> what about those of us who don't eat at the Big Mac store? What about McDonald's? How much is that in McDonald's fries? It, it, in McDonald's fries, it's 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 well. If the McDonald's fries are on the twenty are on the dollar menu, then it's it's twenty fries. Now, now that sounds like a lot of fries. That, that's a little much. That sounds like realize. a lot of fries, but really, it's not. It's really not a lot of fries because they're only dollar yeah. they're only dollar menu fries, so they're little. Layton, so because we're interviewing the... you, do we automatically get membership? You asshole! You pay the guy <laughs> some money. <laughs> Good I'm God! To say that the twenty dollars is important, you need to own this. I can give away free membership, but you need to have ownership here. You need to be involved. Everybody does, and you guys are 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 are, are doing a fantastic job. And I'm really glad to to have been on this podcast. Uh, this has been fun. Um, How did before, you hear about us? That's a good uh, well, question because you guys were were hunting us down. I'm afraid of your assistant now. Patty, <laughs> yes. you should be. You should be afraid of Patty. Patty, Patty is a is is a kick ass lady. Um, Patty uh, is the former vice president of Atheist Alliance, and uh, basically, what what is going on at American Atheists? I've been president now for five months, and I have taken the organization in different direction: a harder approach, a more open approach, a more outed approach, a. Uh, approach that's doing very, very well, and we're attracting a lot of talent. And Patty is one of, is, is one of our new talent uh, that came to the organization. She's behind the movement. She's all about the movement. American Atheists is about the movement, not about our organization. That's part of the, that's part of the key. I don't care if people hear about me and get pissed off. Oh, that Silverman's an ass. I'm going to go to American Humanist Association because they're nicer. Well, that's still a good thing. That's still a good thing in my book, okay? Because that's getting you in the movement. And uh, I will be very, very open and honest with that. And uh, basically what's, what's going on is that um, we've got a lot of people inside American Atheists and outside that are very excited about the direction that American Atheists has taken and where we're going. And at the convention, and the reason that we called you is because uh, I'm trying to publicize the convention. Now, there are a couple things that I want to talk about with the convention. The most important is that you can, the, the cost of the whole convention is $150 for three days, three days of solid programming. But if you're a student, you can come to the convention and join American Atheists for a grand total of $20. So the, the intent here, and J.T. Eberhardt, he's, he gave me the idea, or, or at least he sparked the idea, by having Skepticon for free. We need students. We need young people. And I'm working with a Secular Student, secular student Alliance, but I'm also doing whatever I can to fill my seats with young people. So for $20, a student can come. For $150, an adult can come. And 
see Christopher Hitchens and see PZ Myers and Greta Christina, Matt Delahunty, um, Jeff Charlotte, let's see, Paul Provenza, Matthew Chapman is going to be previewing his new movie at the convention. Um, it's going to be huge, and it's going to be in downtown Des Moines, which is going to be huge in and of itself. Now, I'm putting up billboards in Des Moines. The first company that we went to for the billboards, the billboards say, you know there is no God, because, of course, you do know that there is no God. So the first billboard company actually refused the billboard. And the reason that they refused, you know there is no God, not because it's vulgar, not because it's hard, but because Des Moines is a Christian city. Right. Mm -hmm. That is crap. That is crap. That is bull. That is perpetuating bigotry. That is perpetuating hate, and I have no tolerance for that. So I took our money, and I went to another billboard company who was more than happy to exercise their free rights and our free rights. And, As they should. Uh, and we've got uh, five billboards going up in Des Moines, the Christian city, and it is my job at this point to make this the largest American atheist convention ever. The largest one so far is about 600 people. I'm going to, I hope to blow that out of the water. So far, we've got 400 pre-registrants, or almost 400 pre-registrants. Almost 100 of those 400 are students. Wow. And this takes place when? This is April 21st to the 24th in Des Moines. The first hotel is already sold out. The second hotel is walking distance away. And we are so pleased, and i got to do a quick shout-out here to the city of Des Moines, because the volunteers are coming out of the woodwork, and despite the reaction from that first billboard company, the city of Des Moines is treating us very well and doing very well by us, and the hotels are doing very well by us. And uh, we're going to have a rocking convention, a rocking convention. We're going to have a corporate sponsor or two, we're going to have a an organized pub crawl. You know what the the, mm. the best thing the best thing that I uh, the best part of the conventions that I've gone to is the pub crawls at night. That's but where it's never been organized. Is. It's always a bunch of atheists get together. All right, we're going to go out to a pub crawl. We're going to go out drinking. Where do you want to go? I don't know. Where do you want to go? Oh, let's spend twenty dollars and get in a cab. Uh, let's let's go into the city. Let's do. But now we're going to have an organized pub crawl because the bars in the local area are paying money for us to come to them. Hmm. Yeah, that's right. They're going to be waiting for us. And we're going to show up wearing our American Atheist t-shirts, and we're going to drink, and we're going to spend money, and they're going to like it. So you're just going to be atheists right in their face. We're going to be... Oh, absolutely. That's what American <laughs> Atheist is. You know, out of all of that... You're uh, going to be flamboyantly atheist flamboyantly in Des Moines, Iowa. Out of all of that, though, th this is what I got for the reason why you contacted us. Um, uh -huh. Basically, you're a big asshole. Uh, you chase off atheists to other organizations. Um, you need to promote your uh, your little convention, and your secretary found out we were dicks and that we fit together perfectly. Is this right. what you're trying to Match made in heaven. I, I think you got it right, except uh, I, I wouldn't call Patty a secretary because she's the kind of person that will get on a plane and come, come kick your little butt. <laughs> I told she's you not, I'm she, afraid of. She, she, she's not a she's not a woman you want to call. Us, uh, she's not a woman you want you you want to pick a fight with her. <laughs> Layton thinks all women are secretaries. Well, uh, and, and flight she, attendants. And she, Come she on, they're divided up into two: secretary and flight attendant. <laughs> <laughs> 
Not touching that one with a 10 foot pole. <laughs> Not touching that one at all. How about those Mets? Wow. <laughs> we could always talk about the length of their skirts. Did you see the Super Bowl this year? That was great. <laughs> uh, 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 yeah, you got me flustered now. And Leighton, um, also, you missed the part where he said he's he listens to our podcast every week. I well, do. No, no, no. I no, swear no. To God. All I got is he's an ass, we're a dick, we <laughs> match. It's you a match what? made in heaven. If God didn't want that char- chocolate starfish there, <laughs> he would have put it in there. <laughs> It's it's been great because I I've been going on to these podcasts and since, since you know Patty took it upon herself and actually it's another volunteer who came up with the idea um, uh, Amber who came up with the idea of me going on all these podcasts and Patty took it on herself to schedule them all and she's um, she's done a great job and she chased down everybody and uh, I'm having a wonderful time uh, and so we're not your first. You're not my first. I'm not a virgin. You slut. I am. I I do get around. I'm a total. I'm a total publicity whore. But that's because this movement is. And I got to tell you something. This movement, and I'm seeing it from the inside. This movement is poised for explosion. Poised. Yeah. We go to. I'm on. I'm a regular communications basis with. Oh, this is the one more thing I wanted to say before the end of the podcast. I'm on regular communications with a whole bunch. Well, almost all of the leaders of all of the organizations in this country. And I'm going to tell you that there is going to be an announcement at our convention on the 21st to the 24th. It's going to be, in my speech, I'm going to announce something. It's going to be very big, and you're going to want to be there for it. Um, and uh, it's, it's going to be what we plan to be, a serious game-changer. Uh, because that's what we're about, seriously changing this game. So if anybody out there wants to come, uh, the website is atheists.org, A-T-H-E-I-S-T-S, duh, .org. <laughs> and uh, it's atheist.org slash convention for the convention. Uh, sign up, donate to our um, billboard fund, please, because we do need to raise about $15,000 to support those billboards. Uh, but come to this convention. It's not only going to be a fantastic time, but it's also going to be a historic event. You're going to want to be there. With a pub crawl. With a pub crawl. A paid, organized pub crawl. Imagine, I mean, we, you know, the reason that I got involved in this movement in the first place is because the people are great. And you go out and you you go to all these speeches, and yeah, the speeches are wonderful, but then you go out and you're hanging with atheists and you're drinking and you're having fun and you're dancing and you're getting a little loud. It's when you can relax, when you don't have to worry about a religious nutcake going ass-fuck crazy on you while you're drinking a a beer. And And even if they do, you're not alone. Exactly. There's some serious strength in numbers. And I don't know if, if this ever happened to you, but it is. It was a very emotional experience for me that first time that I walked into a room with 200 atheists. <laughs> it was a very emotional experience for me. It was my first time, and that's when I met some people that I'm still friends with today. And that you know, was, next you know, time you do that, you ought to have the atheists like wrap chains around their fists and come in like hitting poles against their hand, just like y'all are going to beat some ass. <laughs> well, I, I, I think we're going to just go with the nice shirts that say atheist <laughs> on them. Well, um, you're wearing the shirts. Isn't that the gang color? 
that that's yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, I don't want to go with that one either. We're gonna Good go Lord. with red, white, and blue. That's our colors: red, white, and blue. Man, this is a patriotic thing. What are you doing to me? Uh, it's eleven o'clock at night here, man, or ten o'clock at night, whatever time it is. If you haven't uh, heard Charlie lately, he did call me an ass a little while. You you can feel free to call me an ass. Too. <laughs> yeah, there, there's no uh, there's no accounting for taste. Well, you know what? Uh, it, it's it's wonderful to be on, on such a uh, a, a free form uh, medium after television, where I have to watch every word I say, where I have to make sure that everything is is, is pristine. Uh, it's it's nice to be on these podcasts. I love them uh, because we can just talk, we can have a discussion, and nobody asks me anything. Stupid, like tide goes in, tide goes out. How can you explain that? <laughs> well, wait, 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 wait. Can you prove that numbers have come into existence? That they have always existed? Do numbers always exist? Did numbers always exist? That's Matthew Slick out there, right? That's the. Uh, <laughs> that's that's that. Uh, yes, the numbers have always existed. Yeah, just like premises, we got uh, that in a, in a debate just a little while ago. <laughs> no question about it. Uh, yeah. It, those those wonderful arguments are, are are fun games, but we have to talk about reality here. Uh, you know, when when you get into the teleological argument or the goddamn ontological argument, which just gives me a <laughs> damn headache. Um, that those are all fun games, but in reality, we have to deal with reality. And the reality is, there really is no invisible man in the sky. Really, there isn't, and we all know it. Really, we do, and we all have to say it because it's the truth and it's not bad to say it and it's not embarrassing to say it and if somebody gets offended because we say the truth this is their problem the bible clearly says pi equals three if we say pi does not equal three pi equals three point one four guess what it doesn't matter if they're offended it's still three point one four the bible is just wrong and if somebody gets offended because we say it's wrong and they're getting offended because we're telling the truth. And we're still going to tell the truth. And if they want to change our classes to make them, to, to make them less truthful, we're going to fight them. If they want to tell us that we have to pay more taxes so their churches pay none, we're going to fight them. If they tell us that we can't be elected or that we can't be moral because we don't believe in their invisible magic man in the sky, we're going to fight them. And we're going to win. We are going to win this one. But don't you don't you realize that Jesus died for your sins? I do. But you know what? <laughs> I don't I, I do realize that Jesus died for my sins, but I don't really care. You callous <laughs> bastard. He bled <laughs> on that cross. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite response to that has been well he, he died for my sins, so I guess I'll take advantage of that, right? Otherwise he would have died in vain. I got some sinning to do. That's right. <laughs> We got some sin in there. Of course, sin doesn't exist. Well, right. Sin, is, yeah. sin, sin That's itself the only doesn't problem. exist. Yeah. So he, he died for nothing. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing my best to make sure that sin does exist. So I'll, I'll see if I can correct that. Now, I have one personal request. Could you do yeah. something about the personal hygiene of the atheist movement? Uh, it's in sore need of uh, improvement. Well, you know, the atheist movement is a segmented movement. Um, there are a lot of people in the atheist movement who um, are extremely clean. 
and extremely well groomed. But those are the gay segment of the population. Yeah, what about those the straight? Are the gay. They don't count. What about the straight ones? Uh, could you guys, <laughs> instead of sending out the shirts, could you send no, no, like no, little no, tic no, tacs no. along are, with it are, too? There are actually straight atheists who bathe. There are. Well, those are metrosexuals. <laughs> they don't count either. <laughs> I, if you find such a specimen, please, I need some evidence. If yes, we're going to need American, scientific you, documentation. <laughs> we can do we can do some research at the American Atheist Convention. Just get up real close and, uh, and and see how many need a shower and see how many don't. And you know you can take a poll and then go to self to church. Now remember, in church they're all wearing perfume, so you can't tell that they haven't bathed. Right, it's hide the fact that they the haven't bathed. Difference. That's probably it. Yeah, they're masking it. Well, masking David, it. thank you for being on the show. A lot hey, of fun. Guys, this has been great. This has been great, and I, I really appreciate the time you've given me, and I appreciate you allowing me to come on the show and, and uh, talk about the convention and talk about American Atheists. And I, I really do hope that you guys uh, uh, make it to the convention, because I'd love to meet you both in person and actually shake your hands. Excellent. Uh, you're Excellent. a podcast slut, but we may try. I am a podcast <laughs> slut, but baby, you love me, don't you? You, I wouldn't shy away from bending you over a table. You, <laughs> you keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> you take care. All right, guys, take care. Have All a great right. one. You too, bye. All right, bye.